It's time for us to say good morning to Scott Reed, CTV political analyst, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Happy Monday, sir, if there is such a thing. Uh, there, yes, happy Monday. Happy. It's not. It's not a super happy Monday. I'm. Uh, I have. Um, well, I guess I'll just, just be transparent. I have. I have. Um, uh, agonizingly, blazingly sore buttocks. That's uh, okay. my problem today. Why did you get yeah, spanking I mean, or what? No, um, no, 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 there's n- nothing wrong with that. You don't need to sex shame me, but, uh, no, it's not that it was, uh, I, we, um, we took North Toronto U15 boys, uh, select team to Lake Placid this weekend. And it was a great time. We won silver, should have won gold. We got a disallowed goal in the final game, lost two, one. Anyway, I'm not going to go on and on and on and on and on about that. Cause it's sort of still bugging me, but, um, <laughs> But our hotel is at the top of this very, very steep hill in Lake Placid, like really steep, steep, like straight hill, like Sir Edmund Hillary steep. And so um, walking up it um, was a bit of a tester and then go for a run. And then at the end of the run, of course, going up in a couple days. And um, yeah, and I woke this morning and um, I've discovered that my um, my 55 year old buttocks are reacting uh, to the weekend. Uh, not like it used to be, not like with a brutal hangover or anything, but just with sore buttocks, like really okay. sore buttocks. More yeah. glutes, Sorry. really, but okay, I get yeah. it. Um, in your absence, of course, there were more pro-Palestinian protests in the streets of Toronto this weekend. And, you know, people seem, it's a bit of a Rorschach test, I guess. People look at these protests and they see uh, that they're just a bunch of anti-Semites. Others say we're just asking for peace and protection of the people of Gaza. And I guess, you know, there are many stories to be told as there are bodies in that crowd. Yeah, well, I, I I think it's both things. I think you see both things, and I have a strong view uh, that one of those things is not cool. So if you're going to fly Hamas flag and you're going to uh, spew hate speech, um, be anti-Semitic, and uh, call for the destruction of uh, Israelis, um, not cool. Uh, that's not like, Hamas is a terrorist group. They're a recognized terrorist group, and you know, flaunting their flag is no different than you know, flaunting a, a, a Nazi. Uh, symbol or, you know, another symbol of, of hate and terror. And um, so I know that the police are reluctant to wade into protests, and I'm not one that necessarily encourages that, but I don't think that should be allowed. And so absolutely, you want to be pro-Palestinian, you want to rally and express your objection and concerns, 100%, that's your right. Um, but that right does not extend to celebrating terror and celebrating um, murder. And that's exactly what uh, holding a Hamas flag represents. Meanwhile, they tried on Friday to fire the boss of the TTC and failed. Surely you, having worked in government, know you never marshal an effort unless you got the votes. Yeah, I'm not 100% crystal clear on what happened, which is in part, I think, the story, which is that it didn't, it wasn't very clear what, what went down. I'm a big fan of Jamal Myers, uh, the new chair of the TTC. I think that guy in city council, I think that guy has a ton of game and he's someone to watch. And I think he made a mistake because whether it was that he himself wanted to play it this way or whether more likely the mayor's office was saying, okay, this is what's going to happen. We're going to, we're going to take this guy out behind Burger King uh, after midnight and you're going to be the one holding the club. 
uh, it didn't work. And as you say, they didn't have the votes. They and you don't you don't execute such a move. You don't know about it, and you should, in the interest of transparency, do it in the daylight. You should give proper notice, and you should let people know this is how you're playing it. Now people are running away from the mess like they had nothing to do with it, and that's obviously disingenuous. And I think there's one other big, big, big question that remains because most people don't really care about the political process. I want Jamal Murray to recover from this mistake because I think the guy has lots of game and I want to keep my eye on him. But um, the big question is, should the head of the TTC be fired? I mean, I don't think too many of us are very happy about the state of the TTC, but we also recognize that it's gone through this wrenching trauma that was COVID. Um, So how much is his fault how much isn't how much could it be better if it was somebody else um i'm i'm no expert but it seems to me that it's not entirely implausible to say you know what new leadership is necessary um but if you're going to do it do it straight up be transparent be honest about it say we're gunning for the guy and then uh, and then take a move yeah i tend to agree with your analysis i mean a lot of things are going wrong on the ttc i'm not sure those things can be attributed to rick leary but i also wonder how do you continue leading an organization when your board just tried to fire you yeah i, I sort of well i mean presumably he doesn't want to leave um but I, I sort of think that this does mean it, it, he's finished um, because, you know, whether they want to be mealy mouth about it or not, clearly the mayor doesn't want the head of the TTC there. And if the TTC functions as a municipal instrument, um, yes, it needs to be independently governed and all of that. But at the end of the day, they don't want you. And and I'm not sure they should want him. I'm not sure that his job shouldn't. I'm not sure he shouldn't be replaced in his job. I'm not defiant in that opinion. But um but if I'm him, uh, they're now moving to negotiating terms because this is an unsustainable situation. Okay, so I was sitting in my sports bar, which for whatever reason runs Vashi's show on Sundays, and I looked up at the screen, expected to see you. You were not there, but your former or your current business partner, I think, was. And he's the guy who was advancing the opinion that the carbon tax is effectively dead. If that's the case, then what's Canada's strategy? Yeah, uh, small Astros. Hurley isn't my business partner. He's just my my very very best friend. Oh, okay, because you guys um, tease uh, each time. other relentlessly. Yeah. Uh, Long time, yeah, long, long, long time co-conspirators. But um, yeah, I don't really agree with David 100%. His argument is this, that the moves in Atlantic Canada on the home heating oil uh, subsidy, which is effectively a pause on the carbon tax, um, that this is the beginning of a series of moves where they're going to offset the effects of the carbon tax in an effort to wipe out its absolutely cancerous effects on uh, public opinion around the government. And I don't think I agree with David. Uh, I think that's what the government's going to maybe try to do but I don't think it's going to have the desired effect because one, the government's going to back into it. They're going to try to, like, if you're going to eliminate the carbon tax because you've come to the conclusion, my God, this thing is an anchor and it's dragging us to the bottom of the lake, then I think you have to do it. I think you have to be seen to be doing it and you have to honestly, openly say, we made a mistake, we're abandoning the policy. But if you're going to maintain the policy, say that you remain committed to the policy, but hope to get the credit of offsetting the policy with a series of other policy measures. And now presumably they'd have to do something for natural gas and they'd have to do other measures in other parts of the country. And um, then, you know, I'm not sure you're going to get the credit for it. I am at minimum, Pierre Polyev is going to say, I see, I see. So you're still committed to the policy. The policy still in the books. You're just spending skillions more to do it. I mean, I, there's no doubt 
that the carbon tax has, I mean, the minute it came into effect in Atlantic Canada and prices shot up 13 cents per liter, um, the Liberals' longtime hold on popular opinion and popular support in the Atlantic provinces absolutely shredded. And so they've got to do something, but I'm not sure they're going to get out of jail quite this quickly and quite this freely. Okay, and not a lot of time on the clock, and you were busy this weekend, so maybe you didn't get a chance to see it. I watched the Buffy St. Marie report on the Fifth Estate, and it was devastating. And It just seems like she made it up from whole cloth. It certainly looks that way. I read a lot about it on the bus coming home last night. Yes, I rode a bus home. Yes, riding buses is awful. <laughs> and um, and the Buffy St. Marie story really kind of breaks your heart um, because she seemed to be an unblemished icon, and an unblemished, unblemished and long-standing, decades-old Indigenous icon here in Canada and around the world. And, um, you know, I, I hope the story somehow proves to be incorrect. But it doesn't smell like it's incorrect, and um, and I'm not going to wade into indigenous the in, I, the whole question of indigenous like yeah. indigeneity the question of indigenous identity it's not like I'm as white as a bag of flour, and I don't know what I don't know but um, it seems like the story she's told about her life for years and years and years appears to be um, appears to be false and it's kind of a heartbreaker. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Thank you. Cheers. Scott Reed, political analyst, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin, all ours at 620 every Monday on The Morning Brief.